All right, this morning, we want to talk about alliances and choosing. Actually, mostly about choosing. Um, God has spoken to us, as you know, over our history. We've always been um, led, focused, directed by the, by the prophetic word. Not by a sense of what we always do, a program, but, but by that prophetic word. And a very clear word through uh, Hugh regarding this forming of alliances uh, connected with uh, possessing the land without dispossessing. It's a very interesting, very intriguing thing, which is going to take us a while to work out. Some of the things that he's shared with us at various points in the past have taken us years and years and years uh, to work out. And we're still living in the good of it and the outworking of it now. But it's interesting, thinking about alliances... When I was in Ukraine, I met again uh, with a guy called uh, Rostislav. Uh, as a friend of Albert's, a uh, businessman, um, has an insurance company, just opened a bank. Um, very uh, enthusiastic about the things of God and about connecting and networking. I thought, this is just an interesting time, interesting conversation. In Egypt, I met with another guy called Samik, who's a businessman that uh, has the publishing business. Through him, we got these um, Bible story books that uh, we've made available to some of you for children. We've got children that age. And uh, then uh, recently, through a connection that PJ had, we met with Lord Hastings, again, somebody engaged in, in business. And talking with this guy, Rodislav, I was thinking, hmm... Is there something that we've not thought of in terms of alliances? Is there something that we've not really kind of looked at and considered? And then uh, when we think about the different things and opportunities that are happening in the locality, um, we, we need to look at this local um, growth report and, uh, and see, because there is a time uh, for levels of... Uh, engagement or alliances that did not exist uh, a short time ago, two, three, certainly not five years ago. And we want to be a people, um, we want to be like the, the, the men of Issachar that understood the times and seasons, that were able to pick hold of what God's saying and actually translate it into action, not hold it as some sort of, um, I don't know, object that you look at in a glass cabinet, but actually uh, to, to have it in application. And then again in the, in the national scene, thinking about the different things, particularly through faith action uh, and the opportunities uh, that we're getting and obviously significant with Stephen uh, Tim's coming next week. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is there are a number of potential alliances. Um, one of the students... Uh, that I was with in the Ukraine. Uh, very bright medic, I think medical student. Um, coming to the end, I, I met her when I was there before. Um, turns out, as I'm talking about things, that her mother um, has done quite significant research and development in Ghana on the whole area of uh, infant mortality and things like that. Um, 
And so I was able to get her details and pass them on to um, Lucy November, who's also seeking again, and f just telling me yesterday, particular connections and alliances. So it's an interesting time, um, because we're not follow, we don't follow some prescribed pattern. The pattern we follow is what God is saying. And so we find ourselves in a time where we're going to have to make some significant choices about what we actually go with and where we throw our weight and emphasis and where we don't. And I don't really have a lot more to kind of say around that at the moment other than to say our history has indicated, and there's no reason to believe this would be any different, that all of us have a sharing in hearing God and picking up key things. And I mean, I could go back again and give you specific, numerous instances. And I just want to alert us at this time that this is a time um, where we will, I believe, be forming important alliances. That is like a, a working together. And sometimes it will be surprising uh, who we work with and to what extent we can work with. Remember, we talk about working with people. It's not just always the same as worshipping with people. There can be a difference in that. So very significant time. So I want you to be aware and alert that that's something that we need to be giving ourselves to. But of course... In the context of that, there are choices to be made. And so my, my thinking began to go along the line about making, making choices. And it's, it's, this is a kind of equipping time. You know, sometimes we're looking at things which are directional. Sometimes we're looking at things which are foundational or exaltational. But this is more, uh, I'd like you to see this as a kind of equipping time. How do we go about making choices and getting it right, because I think most of us would like to get it right, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's have a little look at that, and I think maybe um, we'll have a look at a story which helps us, I think, in 1 Kings chapter 3, where Solomon um, has this dream and speaks to God. 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. Uh, okay, what he's doing there is it was a fairly normal traditional thing. Our history in this nation would reflect the same thing. Uh, marriage used to actually... Uh, form alliances and to draw in particular strengths. Uh, this was probably a bit of a dodgy alliance. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of the alliances that you read about in the Bible are negative. Not all of them, but they're negative. So it kind of heightens the fact we want to get these things right before God. Why was it a dodgy alliance? Because actually in Exodus 34, 16, Nehemiah 13, verse 26, it's actually forbidden. Uh, so um, probably not the best move. 
So he brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord, and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Um, yeah, they could have done something a different way. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according uh, to the statues of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. So, basically, there's some good things going on, um, but there's, there's a bit of a mixture. Uh, they're, they're kind of into this new stage. They're kind of bringing things from the old. And uh, that's, that's not a good mixture. Uh, it's not a good mixture to bring uh, things which are to do with the past. That's why um, when Paul was writing to the Galatians, he said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Don't be entangled again with the law of bondage because they were tending to bring into their new understanding and revelation under the new covenant and the gospel of grace things of legalism. So, you know, it's a, it's a, a mixture not to get involved in. Solomon showed the love of the Lord by his action and by walking according to the statues uh, of his father, David. There's a... Uh, there's an interesting word there for those of you that are fathers. Um, how you might walk in such a way that your children would follow that. You know, I was thinking about that this week uh, with Dawn's father passing. Uh, he was a leader many years ago, one of the leaders in this church. And, uh, but before that, um, he was the person who discipled me. Uh, in my uh, early years of walking with him, he had a major uh, involvement uh, with me in, in uh, inputting. But, you know, I was thinking, walking in the statues, that's the example, the privilege, the principles that are laid down. And uh, he has the joy. I had the joy of seeing his children walk in the things that he had laid down. And I think, you know... When we think about, when we make choices, I'm talking now particularly to parents, when we make choices, uh, let those choices be things which are going to be demonstrating how we walk in truth before God, giving an example of how it should be, operating in a way that we would want our children, those who follow us, to take that example. So the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings um, on that altar. I mean, it's a, a fairly uh, amazing and generous offering. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for what Ever you want me to give you. Wow. Imagine that. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. 
Hmm. What a critical moment. You can have anything you want. What do you do? What do you do at that point? I mean, that's... Just, just stop and think for a minute. God Almighty says that you have anything you want. That, there's a great offer, but a very, very dangerous place to be. You know? Because you want to ask for the right thing. You don't want to fulfill... Uh, various different ideas and lusts. You don't want to go off in the wrong direction. Anything you want. A moment of choosing. Let's see the example that we've got here. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Well, it's like kind of you're outside the supermarket it's empty inside, the door's opened, and you're invited, just take what you want. I mean, it's not even easy. You know, what, do you do, what do you do? Do you load up with the most expensive things you can find, and then what the heck are you going to do with them, you know? It's like, you know, uh, so often it's difficult to find somewhere to park. Isn't it terrible when you drive into an empty car park trying to decide on which space shall I take? I mean, <laughs> I don't have that problem because I'm committed to the space nearest the point where I'm going, so I don't have to walk so far. But, you know, all you runners, you probably need to park on the opposite end and run there, you know. <laughs> Thank you for doing that running for me, by the way. I'm with you in spirit. A critical moment. So what does he do? All right. Solomon answers, this is all in this dream, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You continued. See, what does he first thing he do? He's not actually into, I'll have this. I'll choose that. What's the first thing he does? He comes into a place of recognition and thankfulness. All who you are and what you've done. You've continued this great kindness to him and given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O oh Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child. By the way, he would be about 20 at the time. Okay? Um, do not know and do not know how to carry out my duties. There's an interesting place of humility at the very point that. God is expressing pleasure with him and offering him anything in, that he chooses. Your servant is here among the people you've chosen. Interestingly recognizing whose people it was. It was God's people, a great people, too numerous to count or honor. Um, and uh, just an amazing time. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? See, the choice he made was to say, Lord, help me to do what you've given me to do. Help me to, to continue 
in the very purpose and thing that you've set before me. Of all these things that I could now choose and could now ask you for and you have said you will give, I am choosing to get your help to do the thing that you have given me to do because that is what I need. God was pleased. The Lord was pleased. This is verse 10, if you're following. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you've asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that you will never have, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honours and so on and so forth. He got it right. He made the right choice. He did and recognised his need. God was pleased and God was generous and that's the very nature of God, a very, very generous God. Um, wise and understanding of Basically, both know a practical outwork and a practical application of the very uh, purpose that God had given him to do to be in ruling that nation. Something that was very real, very practical, uh, very close to God's heart. And then, of course, God gave him those other things. Where we'll come back to that um, if we have time. Let's have a little look at this then, this business of choosing. Uh, he made a right choice. Um, he chose according to what God wanted. Um, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever met people that um, it, it seems that God speaks to them so much. I, God said this, God said that. Sometimes it's kind of a bit contradictory. Um, you know, there are some people that I've met, I thought, I wonder if God's ever going to have time to speak to me. He's so busy talking to them and telling them things and contradicting himself and so on and so forth. Uh, so, all right, part of making the right choice is clearly hearing God and knowing what God wants. And those, we, we, you can't separate those things out. Um, sometimes you're not too clear about it at the time. Neither do we want to turn this into, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. I've never yet, on a morning, stood in front of our cupboard where our cereals are kept and sought God as to whether I should have cornflakes or Rice Krispies. <laughs> never done it. I mean, I've just chosen. And there is a measure in which God gives us and imparts to us an ability to choose. Now, it's how we use that and whether we use that submitted to God rather than make it a kind of super spiritual, stupid nonsense. And neither can we, can we sort of make a choice and ask for God's sort of um, endorsement. You know, kind of, Lord, will you just rubber stamp this? Um, I laugh, but it's probably sad. Um, so forgive me if I got the wrong emotion but some quite a few years ago um, we were ministering to one of the young women who was in the church at that time she was very very upset very distressed 
because the, the young man that she wanted wasn't really interested. And uh, she'd really decided she wanted this young man. And she was distraught because she said, but God has told me this is the young man for me. God has told me through the prophetic word. Okay, so immediately a little alarm bell rings because we believe prophetic words, particularly bringing direction, need to be uh, weighed according to the scripture. So we said, well, how, how did this prophetic word come? Oh, well, I, 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 I had it. You prophesied it to yourself. So you prophesied to yourself the thing that you wanted. Hmm. I think we might need to kind of weigh that prophecy a little bit. We cannot drum up, this must be God's will because I want. On the other hand, this could confuse you. David said, I delight to do your will. How do you put those two things together? Well, this is how you put it together. If our heart is submitted to what God wants, we find a delight in doing what he wants, which is whether it's palatable, pleasant, or whether it fits in with our plan, there is something of that joy that comes in serving him, which is very, very special. Of course, the way we choose and the basis that we choose, it, it, it can, even in the, in the natural, let me give you an example in the natural, it can reflect our character. Uh, it, it can reflect, of course, our spiritual commitment, our standing before God. But in the natural, uh, once upon a time, I heard about um, uh, uh, some parents who had three children. <laughs> and in this story that I'm telling you, these three children were sometimes taken to... What do you call those sweets where you pick out? Pick a mix, pick a mix that's right. And the way they chose somehow, even in the natural, reflected their character. There was one that would take a very long time in making decisions. There was another... Now, you're misbehaving now. There was another that, that very fixed. That was the type that he wanted and that was the one he was going to get. And there was, there was a third who just chose what he knew his mum would like. Well, I'm, I'm telling you about a story of long ago. What I'm saying is even in the natural, our basis of choosing can reflect how we are or how we position. How much more in the spiritual? The Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. So it's, it's a very, very key thing that we come at things from that place of, Lord, like, like Solomon did, Lord, what is it you want? What is it you're doing? Let me see and understand so that I can submit to that. There's a scripture that I want to read. I'll tell you what, um, James, just look. Put up Isaiah 11, verse 3 for me. 
Um, and we'll come on to that in a minute. Isaiah 11, verse 3. Uh, Proverbs 1, verse 29. Choose to fear the Lord. That's the first choice. That's the good choice. Choose to submit to him. That there is a place of choice. Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day who you will serve. You see, I want us to understand that there is a, a God-given gift that is placed within us, the ability to choose. But like everything he gives us, it, it's, it's best used if it's submitted to him. Okay, this is the point I wanted to get on that uh, Isaiah 3. Not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions to the poor of the earth. Basically talking about making choices that are not just the obvious, not just what we see, not just what we hear, but a choice that is enabled and empowered by God and by submitting to him. A very, very important thing. Now, because you're, you're very switched on and attentive and bright and good-looking and charming and sharp, yeah, that's not just you, Mark. It's everybody. <laughs> Sometimes, Isaiah 30, verse 21, I hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. How do I hear a voice behind me? I've already started in a particular direction. I've already chosen this way. I've already set out. Sometimes, sometimes we hear the voice after the decision is made. That's why we want to make sure that we make a decision which is consistent with what God wants. We hear the voice behind us. It's like a confirming. All right. There is illegitimate choices, and we have to be careful of these. Um, I was helping a group once, and uh, uh, there was some dispute, and the uh, person involved said, you, you choose between this person and that person. No, that can't be right because God's not in the business of disqualifying or casting people aside. If you're going to choose this one, I'm out of here. If you choose that one, no, 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 no. Wrong choice. Let us never be forced into making choices which are completely uh, illegitimate. Then I, wanted to, I want to go through and look at a number of uh, instances in the Bible. What I'm going to do, um, I'm going to ask Wilco to put into in the nutshell, uh, and I'm just going to run through quickly. So um, I'm going back to the original in each case, um, and I'll put all that in the, the, the Greek. Uh, ek lego. Uh, there, there's a number... See, what I'm basically saying is a number of places where we would translate the word as choosing or selecting, but they actually, in the original, have a, a, a particular 
emphasis in it, but I do want us to understand those emphasis. So the first one is, is to pick out, select, or, or choose for oneself. Um, it has the idea of kindness or favour or love in it. And in Luke 10, 42, where Mary chooses, that is that, is that particular one. So picking out and selecting in a particular way with those overtones to it. In Acts 6, verse 5, it's the same word used about choosing Stephen when the uh, people were, cho- were required to choose people who would serve amongst them. Uh, in Acts 15, verse 40... Uh, Paul chooses Silas. And here, it's to choose in addition or succession to somebody else. It's a, again, add into, add to kind of choosing. Um, in Hebrews 11.25, um, the word there, ha-ha-rio, um, is taking for oneself or a choosing of a choice made by God. Uh, Hebrew 11.25, Moses chose to suffer with the people, um, with the children of Israel, rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. It's a human choice, but select by action, by taking, uh, rather than just showing favour or preference. It's actually doing something. Um, The next one... Um, which is totally unpronounceable, so I won't even try. Um, And this is uh, after the resurrection of Jesus, um, and Jesus was seen by certain witnesses, Acts 10.41, witnesses chosen previously by God. That is the recognition of choices that God has already made. To choose before, that choice is already made, a choice previously made by God. And then, finally, in Matthew 12, verse 18, um, my servant who I have chosen, God speaking of Jesus, um, that's a choice made by reason of uh, suitability in that situation. Now, um, through the scriptures, there are a number of, of examples of choosing uh, in Ruth uh, Ruth chose Naomi uh, in Numbers the children of Israel chose to rebel that wasn't God's plan for 40 years in the wilderness that was the choice they made um, and in Genesis 45 uh, there was uh, God using a particular choice this is, this is where Joseph um, was taken by his brothers and sold into slavery. Interesting thing here, choices were made, but the significant choice, this is the brothers choosing to get rid of Joseph, uh, those who remember that story, but there was a very interesting choice that was made at the end of that story where Joseph said, you know, this thing which you had intended for evil, God has used for good. He made a choice not to hold resentment, not to hold grudge, not to hold it against them, but to accept that God had allowed and permitted that for the good of his purpose. Actually, shows there that that pressure um, can 
can be part of God's plan to, to shape our lives. And uh, we heard about that, and Jamie talked about that last week, when things didn't seem to work well. doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong choice. Oh, we've made a wrong choice. Just be careful of that, because the enemy loves to jump in with that sort of condemnatory thing. See, you did it wrong. You got it wrong. It's all undone now. There's no way back. When you begin to hear that, that is not God. That is the condemnatory uh, voice of the enemy. And uh, uh, it's, it's very interesting to see. I know last week... Um, that uh, we introduced this new version of the book. But as I, as I read those stories again, I thought, wow. Uh, if you've not read it or not taken it, you need to do that. It's absolutely uh, wonderful to see. And very unusual, by the way. I don't think you'll find a lot of books that talk about where things didn't work out, but we still saw God in it and still witnessed God in it. It's a very significant thing to do. So we need to hear him and we need to be walking with him and concentrate, therefore, on keeping those, those lines of communication clear. Um, be careful. The Bible doesn't tell us to be led by our feelings. The Bible tells us to be led by the Spirit of God. It doesn't say we can't have feelings, but it does say that we need to be not led by our feelings. Well, I feel... Uh, I feel uh, angry, so I will be angry. Well, yes, you can feel angry, but you can, uh, in the goodness of God, uh, divert that into something most positive. Uh, we're led, as many of the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And of course, when we come to making choices, always remember that God is more interested in how we are than what we're doing. I'm not saying He's not interested in what we're doing. I'm saying he is most interested in how we are, that we make choices consistent with that. Um, and uh, that helps us as we practice that to come to a place of maturity in terms of, in terms of hearing God. So uh, probably, because that's what we want to, we want to do, uh, to come to maturity... This whole issue of choice starts, rises, and falls on the basis of choosing to, first of all, submit to him. As indeed Solomon, when he said, you know, anything you want, well, I'll have something. I mean, he didn't phrase it like this, but what he was choosing was something which was absolutely consistent with the plan and the purpose that God had already shown to him. And then, of course, um, that, that, can be, that can be a basis uh, of boldness. Yes, all right, there's the tentative in James 4.13, if it be your will. But there's also the confidence and boldness in 2 Timothy 1, which says tells we can come to him uh, with that place of confidence and boldness. And through the scriptures we see people constantly making choices, whether it was Daniel in Babylon or Joseph in Egypt. Um, and at this time, I'm thinking, and I'm sharing this with you because I believe it's a very, very key time for us to be tuned in 
to choosing. It's always right, but there is a particular um, significant time as we move forward in this large place and we look to see all that God is saying and doing and where he's taking us. As we come, just as we finish back into the story, Lord was pleased with this and uh, goes on to say all that he will give to him and all that he will do for him. And it's interesting, and if you walk, this is verse 14, uh, 1 Kings 3, and if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. And then Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. God speaking in a dream. Yeah, God can speak in a dream. Actually, I don't know that there's any great limitation to how God can speak. Uh, we were hearing from Martin uh, when he was reporting about international doulos in Sierra Leone that he challenged them to let God speak just through ordinary things and then one after another came and said yes once we tune into that once we ear is turned Lord what do you want what have you got to say uh, a very important thing uh, that we actually commit to God uh, and open our ears to him um, and do what he wants so choices well, we talked about the natural, but in the spiritual can reveal the heart. And I want, by God's grace, that you and I, as a people together, make choices which are consistent with, Lord, I want what you want. I want your way. And God will help us. And some people, you may think, oh, I don't know. I don't really have any choices. Well, I had to choose between this pair of new shoes and that pair of new shoes. Did that. Yeah. They're all choices. We have to choose what friendships we're going to make and what friendships we're not going to make. Alliances. We have to choose, at some point in time, for many of us, choose who is our life's partner and who isn't our life's partner. You know, there are significant choices that we make which are consistent with affecting the rest of our lives. But there's no choice that is more significant than the choosing to say, Lord, what have you decided? What have you ordained? So let's make choices. Let's commit to make choices consistent with, you know, I choose, as for me, to follow the Lord. I choose to submit to what you want so that I might walk in all that you've planned for me in these days. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to take these things which you're illuminating to us and to apply them not like some note in a book but, some, but rather to a practicality of our walk before you in these days in which we have the privilege of living and serving you. Lord, will you grace us not to live under a weight of um, timidity, but, Lord, that we, with confidence, step forward 
in the purpose of believing that not only have you chosen us, not only do we share in this great victory that you've got for us, not only are we rejoicing with you in overcoming, but that is not something that happened and now it's done, but it happened and it was done so that we might live godly in Christ Jesus, that we might be able to walk in the fulfilling of all that you've purposed for the totality of our lives, for which we thank you and bless your holy name.